Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Next State Georgia brought to you by ITG Next. Sponsored by the Houston Clinic. This week we talked with Kevin Giddens from the GHSA about the ongoing shortage of football referees and game officials. There's been an ongoing national shortage with the recruitment of and retention of high school football officials, and Georgia has certainly been no different. This past season saw a 15 to 20% decrease in football referees. The COVID pandemic factor is certainly part of the reason to take into account for the shortage of game officials, but there are other factors that are involved which have led to many senior officials opting out of their refereeing jobs while also affecting the number of new recruits. One of the things that affected ongoing referees this year was referees being asked not to carpool to their games together. And certainly in the past, that has helped out with travel costs, which the referees have to incur on their own. Despite the role that COVID played, it doesn't change the fact that Georgia has experienced a downward trend in the number of available football referees each season, and this season was no different. When we look at other reasons for the decline of game officials, there are several factors to take into consideration. One is startup cost. Referees are required to fund their own startup cost, including uniforms, training, and fees. In fact, in a recent survey of over 1,200 game officials and participants, They were asked to rank the top issues with regard to recruiting new officials and the retention of current referees. The top two reasons given were conflicts with their primary work and primary job and the expense to actually start up officiating. Referees are required to invest in startup costs before ever seeing their first paycheck from officiating. And even that can come about very slowly as schools wait to pay game fees until the end of the season. Game fees are used to pay game officials. Now, the GHSA has implemented a few practices to help ease the burden, such as reducing or even waiving training fees and increasing pay and incentives for game officials. Currently, Georgia football officials make $100 per every regular season game and $150 for every postseason game, which is actually higher than the national average of $79 per regular season game and $95 for postseason play. And while there are certainly challenges 
for recruiting and retaining football officials. The news isn't all bad. Of course, I just mentioned the fact that Georgia's compensation for football referees is higher than the national average. The state is also near the top in recruiting new officials, ranking number two nationally. In this week's podcast, I talked to Kevin Giddens from the GHSA about these issues surrounding the current state of recruiting and retaining game officials. All right, welcome in, everybody, to Next Take Georgia, brought to you by ITG Next. I want to give a big thank you to the Houston Clinic for sponsoring our weekly podcasts. I'm your host, Phil Jones, and this week we welcome in Kevin Giddens from the GHSA to talk about uh, the ongoing shortage of officials. And, uh, uh, Kevin, I know that uh, you primarily – uh, I guess oversee football with other sports, and I don't know if the uh, shortage in referees is is happening across all sports, uh, especially the ones that you oversee. But we'll certainly talk about that as we go forward today. But uh, first of all, Kevin, I want to thank you for joining us on uh, this week's podcast. Uh, thank you, Phil, for allowing me to be here, and hopefully, I can uh, give you some information and your listeners some information to help them understand uh, where we're at right now. Kevin, I mentioned, and I, and I appreciate that, uh, <clears throat> you know, when I was bringing this topic up and talking to some different people about it, uh, you know, there was, uh, you know, uh, Bobby Willis, uh, Danny Richall, people I know that you know, and some others that said, hey, you need to talk to Kevin Giddens. He, he would be somebody good to talk to. So I took those, uh, those folks' advice. I trust those people. And so here we are. Kevin, if you will, uh, tell her, uh, our, our listeners exactly what it is that you do uh, there at GHSA. And I know a lot of people remember you from your days at Colquitt County. But now you've been with GHSA how long? Uh, I'm in my third year with Georgia High School Association. I am an associate director for Georgia High School. I oversee the sports of football, soccer, and uh, we have uh, added bass fishing uh, this spring for the first time as a sanctioned activity for Georgia High School. Been working on trying to get in place for the last couple of years. And, uh, I'm over that. I uh, was over cross country. For this for this school year okay and uh pretty much oversee all aspects of all of, of every aspect of that sport i could speak to you basically from a soccer official and a football official standpoint because those are the ones i work the most closely with so very good very good we'll stick to those uh we'll stick to those sports then with you how about that okay <clears throat> So, you know, and, and obviously, you know, just being in the area that we live in, uh, and of course where the, the podcast originates from, and of course in, in Georgia, South Georgia especially, it's, uh, you know, football obviously is the one uh, sport that I think a lot of people have paid attention to. Um, I know it, it made headlines this past season where, um, you know, it was uh, disclosed, I think, that there were some games that were uh, moved to Thursday um so that we could double up officials so they could work thursday and friday because the uh, the shortage but let's first talk about i guess you know the the root of the problem and and when did we first really start seeing has this been an ongoing thing for you know a number of years kevin is it something that's just really become a problem that is the shortage of a, of game officials in football well it's it's hadn't been a real issue uh, it's been close the last couple of years. It's been really close with the number of officials that we need. But there's also other uh, 
effects from different things. Like uh, just to clarify what you just said, in our regular season football schedules, you know, our football officials association, there's 23 football officials association in the state. They handle all of the DHSA member schools. So each school is assigned an association. Uh, there's about a three-week window, which would probably be week uh, – you know, you have 12 weeks to play 10 games. So if you're looking at it from a 12-week system, usually around nine, week 9, week 10, week 11, and week 12, due to it's not necessarily a shortage of officials, it's a conflict. Um, I made a running joke uh, the last year that I understand now why there's a lot of fans at the Georgia-Florida game uh, that are fussing about the officiating because most of them are Georgia high school football officials <laughs> because the Georgia-Florida weekend is a tough weekend with officials through the state that's been shown in the past years. And, of course, I've made that as a joke, and I hope people don't take it out of context. But it's just a uh, – there's – there's certain times where people take vacations from work or certain times. And it just seems like the last part of the football season for the playoffs begins has been a, a time every year that that's happened. So as Georgia high school, we requested started requesting last January that when you put your schedules together during those weeks, if each region could play one of those games, possibly on a Thursday or Saturday, because the pension officials, during those last four weeks of the season, uh, maybe could help alleviate some of that pressure on it. And as an old football coach, I don't want anybody to call me on Monday and tell me I had to change something on Friday to Thursday or Saturday. So that's why we tried to plan ahead with that and had a lot of cooperation throughout the state. And that pretty much eliminated that pressure this past year on week, regular season weeks 9, 10, 11, and 12. Now, I think what you were referencing while I go, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you talked about having to play on Thursday. But our first round playoff game, we moved, actually moved two classifications to Saturday. Okay. And so, uh, AA and 4A played on Saturday, mm. that first week only. And this coming, uh, season the 21 there's going to be a couple of more classifications that will play on that Saturday just for the first round and there's several things involved uh, that came to that decision uh, there was a couple of we were a couple of crews short for that first round and for everybody to play on Friday night but you also understand that both of your class A private and public went to a full bracket last year due to reclassification. So there's 16 games that were added for the first round that hadn't been there. And the officials that you would need to cover those games that were playoff qualified, which takes us off on another tangent, talking about playoff qualified officials. There's a process that officials go through that they have to become playoff qualified. Uh -huh. 
and then there's determining factors throughout all associations through the state how many uh, crews they can present for evaluation to be determined because excuse me to be considered for the quarterfinals semifinals and finals but it takes a lot more p- officials to get through our first and second round games but they all have to be playoff qualified so I believe our situation last fall was one for many different factors. To start out in June and July and August, there was a 16% reduction in officials' registration in football. So the 16 or 14. Uh, yeah, I know percent. Ernie Yarber had come out, and I think he said it was between 14 and 16%. Yeah, uh, that's a the re- decrease in reduction number of, of registration okay. for whatever reason. And I know a lot of your elderly, your older, I won't say elderly, but your older officials, because COVID affects people in advanced years more than it affects people basically from what the medical field has told us, then they may have been at greater risk by being around more public places, football game crowds, that type of stuff. So they chose not to register. There were several officials I know that they were planning on retiring anyway. And it was just like, okay, well, this just reinforces it's time to retire. I don't need to be around COVID. So I think there was a combination of factors that led to that reduction in the officials' registration. And once you get the reduction in the officials' registration, you also had reduction in officials that were taking the steps that they have to take to become playoff qualified. So I think you put all that together, and that's kind of led us what happened, you know, where we were at at the beginning of our playoffs this past fall. Yeah. Now, as one wise man told me a couple of years ago, that you always find good things out of tough things you go through. And because we went through some stuff with our officials, I think it's enlightened us to some other things that we're probably going to look at implementing for this coming year that's going to help us. Now, one thing we will continue to do that we have been doing for the last three to five years, I can only speak for the last three since I've been here, but mm-hmm. I know uh, Mr. Ernie Yarborough has been doing it for a period of time before I got here. It's recruiting officials. Okay. Uh, the National Federation has a marketing campaign to recruit officials. The Georgia High School has a marketing campaign to recruit officials. The Georgia High School has incentives to recruit officials. All of our football associations have some type of incentive. You know, like they waive their first-year registration fees. Right. Or, you know, whatever. There's some kind of incentive from right. the local associations all the way through GHSA, all the way through National Federation mm-hmm. to recruit officials. And it's from ads. You know, you can go on our website and go under officials, and it's got a place you can – it makes it – you know, we make it easy for you to sign up. Um and we get that to the association of whatever sport that you're interested in. Uh, I spent, oh, five or six days last January through March before the, before the school shut down, I would go to career dates 
I would go to four or five career days throughout state at local high schools. And I would set up and would provide them with information about becoming a fisherman, you know. Mm-hmm. And so there's there's a lot of different things going on. And I don't want to say advertising, but it is advertising and marketing that's trying to recruit and, and get these officials going, you know, and signing up. And, and then we're working with our associations to help maintain their, you know, the officials that they do have. Yeah, and I was going to ask you, and of course, uh, and again, uh, I was going to bring up, you know, both some of the, the uh, you know, some of the, the, the perceived bad stuff, and of course, we talked about that, but also, you know, what Georgia was doing, and of course, you, uh, you, you of course, uh, talked about that, um, and that, of course, is, again, incentivizing the referees and officials, more pay, um, and I think it goes to, like you said, you know, trying to get on the front end of this, Kevin, and trying to do a better job of recruiting officials, maybe even starting at a younger age. And I'll bring up something else. And I know we're starting to see the advent of more uh, female officials at the at least at the collegiate and even in the pro- professional level. That may be something that, and I don't know if GHSA is taking a look at that, but that could possibly be something. I know that we've always, like with football being a male-dominated sport, I think we've also had the the game officials have been primarily male-dominated. But, of course, females have shown that they can do as good a job as anybody can. And so that may be an area, a demographic, that, uh, that GHSA and the various you know associations like you talked about around the state can maybe look at as far as a new area of recruitment. Well, as a matter of fact, we have several associations that have multiple female officials that are uh, registered with Georgia high school throughout our state. And for the last two years, we've had a female official that has been a part of the crew that has refereed one of the state championship football games. Exactly. This year we actually had two female officials on crews, excuse me, that referee state championship games this year. So, that has, you know, it has kind of filtered down, but we are seeing an influx of, of uh, ladies that are coming uh, part of football officiating, and and we have some very good ones. We really do. And, you know, it's just, that's like you said, the more interest they can develop toward officiating football games, I think the, the more numbers that we'll see registered for to officiate. We're talking with Kevin Giddens, Associate uh, Director, GHSA. He uh, you know, talking to us about the officiating and some of the issues uh, involved with with uh, officials in the sport of football, one of the sports that uh, Kevin oversees. And we're glad that he joined us on uh, this week's Next Take Georgia here on ITG Next Georgia. Let's talk about some of the things that we've talked about, some of the things that are controllable. And I know that there are things that we can't control, but nevertheless, I think that they are things that impact officials and maybe, you know, the lack thereof moving forward and something I think that we've got to take into consideration. You know, I think with social media, we've always had rowdy fans. You know, I hear people talk about, well, a lot of the officials don't want to put up with the rowdy fans. Kevin, I don't think that's that, that's always been in place, and I don't think it's going to change. But what about the advent of social media? You've got rowdy fans. You've got fans that like to speak their mind. And, of course, 
you know, some people go to an extreme with that. But it, where it used to be pretty much limited from the stands, you know, now you've got multiple platforms, Kevin, where everybody's got a microphone. Everybody's got the ability to voice their opinion. How much do you think social media, as much good as it's done, has also uh, served as an impact with, uh, you know, officials being criticized, at, you know, for the hard work they do? Talk about a little about that. I have no information that's telling me that this, the impact of social media and from a negative standpoint is, is relative to the decrease in officials. Uh-huh. I know that the criticism that officials receive, whether it be in person or social media, is a category that is monitored to determine, you know, the official as far as retention or loss thereof. Interesting. You know, so that's, you know, I, social media is, is what it is, and I, I don't – I'm not going to discuss my personal opinion, but, uh, you know, that's one thing. That, it all goes back to our so, – our, excuse me, our society and our culture and our sportsmanship. You know, we're, we're working very hard at Georgia High School as well as National Federation to educate our member schools and as much sportsmanship, uh, game manners, uh, acceptable behaviors, that type deal, as well as our coaches and our uh, student athletes that, you know, as well as I do, uh, in officiating every call you make, half the people love you and half the people hate you. You know, that's just, that's just the way it is with officiating a game. And that kind of continues on over to our society that, you know, people now, when a decision has to be made and it's not a decision in your favor, our society tends to turn to negative uh, rebuttals, whether it be in person or on social media. And I think that's kind of just a mirror image to our officiating, but, you know, you hate you, you hate to see it, and a lot of times it's the ill-informed ones and the misinformed ones. Uh, I'm glad I'm not a, uh, a firefighter for social media because putting out fires on social media would be a full-time job because of misinformation <laughs> and basically false information that goes out. You know, I've seen several uh, – social media post from the last season and i'm like what game are they talking about mm-hmm. you know i'll get it i'll get emails every week from somebody that disagrees with somebody's officiate and sometimes you know we we go to a game when i say we our office and myself go to a game i go every thursday and friday night throughout the season playoffs somewhere in the state of Georgia watch a football game. And I a couple of weeks of the season I'll get an email fussing about the officials at a game that I was at and I'm like, um, I didn't see that. You know, or I'm not looking at that. So I think uh, the fact that our social media allows you some 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 semblance of anonymity that you can say what you want to say without actually being fully uh, educated in in uh, 
the situation or it lets you post your opinion, which is fine. I, I, I have no problem with that whatsoever. Um, and just like sitting in the stands, you know, I, I, I get tickled sometimes when you, when you. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You watch a Major League Baseball game and you can just hear the people complaining every pitch, every call. You know, and that's kind of the same way with football. You know, they either missed a call, they didn't see a call, uh, or they made a call, but it was the wrong call. Mm-hmm. So I think all of that is, to a to an extent, is an accepted part of officiating. They all understand that there's, there's all training techniques and mechanisms that Georgia High School has. And our football training group does a tremendous job, and our associations do a tremendous job training officials to help them deal with it, you know. Uh, and I think that's that's what people need to understand is there is an, a, a level of acceptance, but the ones that really draw the attention is the ones that pretty much cross the line, either through misinformation or it's just total opinion that may not be accurate of the of the entire situation. Does that make sense? Sure, sure, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and I'll use my, myself for example. Uh, let's just say that I think my kid got wrong, but they went in a penalty call. You know, or I think that this player got wronged as a coach and there was not a penalty call. When you take those two extremes, I think that's when you start having your issues. But I think there is some sort of level of acceptance that you know and you get into officiating. It doesn't matter what sport you're officiating. Somebody's going to not agree with your call. It's just like uh, bang, bang calls and, and baseball. Does the ball get there first? Does the guy foot touch the base first? You know, we're two different people. We may see it two different ways. And, and that's not an issue. In my, in my mind, that's not an issue. But the fact when you are unrelenting in that, I think that's when you start crossing lines. Yeah. Well, we have to understand, too, that, uh, and listen, I think, I don't think anyone confuses uh, being, uh, you know, becoming a high school official with, you know, making, uh, becoming rich. Uh, It is definitely one of those jobs uh, that is a labor of love. People want to be around the game. They love the game of high school football. And I got to be honest with you, other than being a fan uh, or being a participant, there's really not a better place to be than, you know, on the field, um, in front of the, 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 the fans, the players, and, you know, trying to control what's happening on the field, uh, you know, from a rules standpoint. I just I just think it's got so many advantages, in, in addition to all the disadvantages that people want to talk about. But 
um, I, I just think it's it, it, it's a, it's a like I said it's a labor of love. Speaking of that, let's talk about uh, Kevin. If someone is interested in becoming an official, what are the steps? What do they go through? Let's just say if you you know someone has no experience, but by golly, Kevin, we love the game, and I'd love to officiate, become an official. What kind of process, uh, you know, time-wise, some of the steps involved, do they have to go through as far as the training uh, and the education of becoming an official? All right. And there's several steps that are different for sports, and I'll just go through the football one, okay? Right, right. Uh, you go to our website, ghsa.net, click on officials, and then there's a drop-down menu that will tell you how to become official or it says you want to become an official, and it has a little form that you fill out. And when that form's filled out, it'll it's, if it's football, it'll be sent to me, and I'll get the email with all your information on it, and I'll look to see what association is in that is in your geographical area, and I'll send that association uh, leadership. I will contact the leadership for that association. I'm gonna say, hey. Kevin Giddens over here wants to be a football official. This is his information. Contact him. And because each association is responsible for their training of their officials. And so once we put that association in touch with that individual, they would register with that association. They would register with Georgia High School Association. Then the training would go through. So You've never you've never played a game of football. Let's just say we've never seen a game of football. Uh, that association would put you through the training, and that would talk about on-the-field mechanics. It talks about rules of the game. It talks about the uniform officials wear and, and what each part of it does. It talks about the game itself. So you'll get the baseline information regarding the sport of football. Uh, then they'll usually get you into – you know, as the season starts, I mean, before the season starts, you'll probably have three or four uh, trainings a month for the month of July, maybe August, and then you'll start doing practices. You know, there's a lot of schools that will ask for officials to come to their practice for just a short period of time. Uh, you start having your preseason scrimmage games. I know a lot of associations will take uh, a bunch of their officials you know, you're looking at a normal crew is about eight people. So they would take anywhere from 20 to 30 people to maybe a spring scrimmage and rotate them in. And, uh, you know, the rest of them are sitting in the, in an area and they're being mediated and taught and, uh, you know, explain what's going on and, Hey, this is what you did good. This is what you did bad. I know uh, several of our associations do that routinely. So that that incorporates some some live action training. Uh, then the leaders of the association will basically determine, uh, you know, how good you're doing and where you would probably need to work for a little bit to gain some experience. You know, some do middle school games. Uh, some do JV games, ninth grade sub varsity games, and then some do uh, varsity games. You know, and that's up to the association at what level they want to assign. You know, I've seen some first year officials that are your quality people, quality officials right off the bat. Does that mean they're ready to do uh, 
Tiff County, Cockwood County game? Don't know. Uh, but they might could do a Tiff County, Cockwood County, not great game. Does that make sense? Sure. With the level of competition, is the level of, of the uh, team's rise. And then you just gain experience and continue to train, continue to uh, know the rules. You know, every year the National Federation uh, has their football rules committee meeting in January, and I'm on that committee now and when a new rule is passed by the national federation we are national federation members i send that out to when we get the press release from national federation i always send that to all official association as well as all of the high school football coaches so everybody knows you know we're on the same page and uh you know just a continued education through officiating but I want to go back to one thing you did say that you you don't know how important it is to to reaffirm what you said as far as the labor of love. Officiating, you're not going to get rich. High school officiating, you're not going to get rich. I don't even think you can get rich in college officiating. I don't know about the pros if you know if that's just their full time job or not. But in high school in Georgia, and I can speak for Georgia. You're not going to get rich. It's not something you can do and enjoy the rest of the year. But uh, it is a labor of love. And I will tell you this. In the last 10 months, I've heard this, the following statement more than I've heard it any other time. You know, when you start talking about pandemic modifications, pandemic considerations for officials, schools, whatever, I've heard this statement. We're in this for the kids. We're in this for the players. I'm going to do it. I know the risk I'm taking, but I'm going to do it because if I don't referee, they're not going to have a game. You know, that's the mentality is exactly what you said. It is a labor of love. And a lot of people do it for the enjoyment of helping student athletes. And that's why a lot of people have been in it 30 years and 35 years, you know, because that is what they enjoy. And that's helping younger student athletes have a chance to participate in something that they love doing. Absolutely. Wrapping up with uh, Kevin Giddens, again, we're talking about uh, the, uh, the the referee situation as it stands in Georgia with football referees ref- and, uh, of course, football officials. Kevin, you want to talk about as we close out the, uh, the, the pandemic and the issues related, and I think you touched on it briefly at the beginning, but I kind of want to end with this. So, how much of an impact did we see? I know that that was a big concern because we do have – so many seniors that that still officiate, thank, and God bless them, we're thankful for them. And, of course, I know with that particular demographic, that, that's a concern not just in, in officiating but everywhere in life. Uh, I mean, it's just a higher-risk group. That being said, how much of an impact did we see with that, uh, with the, especially the older officials? And moving forward, what are you hearing as far as officials maybe wanting to opt out or stay in the game, so to speak, and, uh, and we'll close with that. Well, Phil, I think the, the, the uncertainty at the time that you register for football, 
you know, <laughs> if you think back over the over the last ten months, you know, our board of trustees met on July twenty second and moved football season back two two weeks to start September fourth instead of August twentieth. And so there's still some uncertainty that we're actually going to have football season from the state standpoint. Uh, we here at Georgia High School was planning to have it as, as some semblance as near to close to normal as possible. But the fact of the uncertainty, the fact of the uneducation about the COVID uh, virus, uh, the misinformation that was spread, you know, you got one group saying it's not that big a deal. You got one group yelling that it's going to erase civilization as we know it, you know. And I think a lot of that would not, the fear of the unknown had a little bit to do with that as far as our elderly, or excuse me, our older, I apologize for using that word, our older officials, not our elderly officials, but our older officials. You know, so they didn't know, okay, am I really putting myself 10 times in danger of this? If I do officiate or if I'm around a crowd, I think the, the, the unknown was the biggest deterrent for some of our older officials this past year. I think as we got closer, started the season, the conversation shifted toward the end of the season. Yeah. Everybody had to make COVID modifications and COVID considerations throughout the year. But I think the conversation and the education and the more that the health people understood how to manage the pandemic, even though it's nowhere near being over, I think that has caused a little bit of the conversation to turn in a positive for our officials, whether it be football or other sports. Now, You've got the vaccine that's being uh, distributed nationwide. So if they can be vaccinated, maybe more people will could come back out to be officials or more people will uh, want to be officials because now we've reduced the chance of this, of them catching the virus because of the vaccine. So, Pretty much toward the end of the season, going into the playoffs, uh, I started getting a feeling of just listening to different conversations and different comments made by officials that, you know, okay, well, we actually got through and didn't have this big an issue. You know, and now you start talking about the vaccine being administered. Okay, so hopefully there's a little bit of, of uh, energy toward an uptick in our registrations for the coming year. So I think your timing, the, the unknown had a lot to do with a lot of officials, not only your older officials, but even some of your, your, your uh, less experienced officials. And then, but I think the conversation hopefully now is getting back to where, okay, we may see an uptick in registration numbers because of several things in our society vaccines being one of and you know wearing a mask you know it's uh so i'm looking forward to it i'm excited about it uh 
we're working hard now. You know, people don't understand fish shaking is a year-round job, basically, because, you know, we're working with associations, trying to make things better with them. Uh, I'm in the process of talking with all of our associations during the month, February, March. And, uh, you know, what can I do to help? What do we do that was not helpful to you? You know, just getting a good conversation with each association's leadership on feedback, uh, talking about recruitment just like we've talked about today, talked about how, you know, what does your association membership think about as far as the COVID? So we're getting into those those conversations now pretty hard. And, uh, you know, we'll go back and evaluate our uh, evaluation instrument for that we use for playoff officials that want to be considered for quarterfinals, semifinals, and finals. And uh, we'll start assigning – schools to association in April so they can start working their spring scrimmages so they can start their training and we'll have a push for, you know, reg, you know, associations to try to recruit new officials in the April, May, June period, you know, and then before you know it, we'll have football season going again. Absolutely, I tell you, we uh, we withstood, uh, and I really uh, complimented GHSA uh, Executive Director Robin Hines was on my daily show that I do in addition to this podcast, and he was giving us an update. You know, um, at the beginning of the football season last year, uh, after meeting with the medical people, uh, and you know, there for a while. Of course, you remember those days. It, it you know, we were all wondering if we were even going to have a season. And not only did we have a season, but I think it turned out to be one of the more memorable seasons, especially with those great championship games. Uh, Phil, let me let me say let me yeah. let me interrupt you here for a second, okay. Phil. And I, I I would be remiss if I didn't say this. And I try to make sure everybody knows that, that here's your podcast. We appreciate what what everybody's done. We appreciate people like you that are trying to get the word out mm-hmm. and, and help people not only listen to us and hopefully become better informed. But our football season is easily, in my opinion, easily identified who the attaboys go to. Now, you know what I'm talking about when I say an attaboy? You know, that used to be the, the best form of recognition you get when your coach said, you know, you made a good play and you come over to the sideline and you go, attaboy. Right, That's right. a good job. Sure. So, so I think our attaboys, number one, go to Dr. Robin Hines. I know he's Absolutely. my boss, man, but what a great, what a great leader and leadership demonstrated during a very difficult time. Yep. And I hate, I hate to use this because I think it was overused, but it was definitely during uncharted times. Yep. And so the first and foremost attaboy goes to, to Dr. Hines. No doubt. Yep, no doubt. And I said the same thing several times. I thought the leadership at GHSA under Dr. Robin Hines was stellar in what he did and the way that he took us through this thing. And so Mm -hmm. I'm right there with you, Kevin. And then the second person or people that needs to get the attaboy is the school's administrators, Countywide, schoolwide, the coaches, 
the communities, the players, the parents, anybody associated with that school's athletic programs because on June the 8th, they were allowed to go back in the weight room. But to start their summer conditioning, there was a ton of limitations, taking temperatures, asking the questions every time they walk in the door, all kinds of sanitation and disinfection that you would have, the, the guidelines that were put in place. And those schools and communities and school administrators and coaches and players and parents and booster clubs, anybody associated with our member schools that were diligent in making sure all of those things happened allowed us to have a football season because if they hadn't have done what was prescribed to them through the health department and through the sports medicine committee and, and, and you know, then we may not have had a football season. So number one, yes, the leadership of Dr. Hines through the, through the period of time, uh, could, could, you know, could be an example set for, for any issues down the road. He did a great job. The second group is the schools. Anybody associated with the schools, but they made it happen. And we just tried to assist them in whatever they needed to make sure we could play football on Friday night and have the championship games at, at uh, Georgia State Stadium, you know. And I thought they were all pretty good championship games. So thank you for letting me put that in there uh, because I told our coaches, you know, every time I go to football game Friday night, I like, like coach, we appreciate GHSA. I said, well, you know, we appreciate y'all. And we do because if they hadn't have been the ones that were diligent, every day a, a student athlete came to practice or came to a workout or came to school when schools reopened, you know, we may not have had a football season. So I really think it was a, a tremendous joint effort. And I think the same thing with our officials, you know. Our officials did what they needed to do to make sure that they could be available to officiate ball games. So I really I really thought one of the good things come out of it is we were kind of all in this together and everybody kind of buckled up and said, here we go, we're going to make this work. And, and you know, everybody went to work to make it work. Absolutely. Kevin, uh, and what a great way to end our, our podcast uh, with that message that you delivered there. Uh, again, you know, we may not always agree with them, but, man, uh, they do the job, uh, the thankless job that many of us would not do, would not consider doing, and uh, the men and women who officiate these games and and make sure that uh, they keep uh, you know everything running smoothly in these games and all the rules adhere to certainly deserve another attaboy, Kevin. Mm. So Kevin, I appreciate you taking time to join us today. Uh, really good stuff today. Thank you so much, Phil. I appreciate you having having me on. All right, you have a good day. All right. Here's that's Kevin Giddens, Associate Director, GHSA, joining us to talk about game officials. You've been listening to Next State Georgia, brought to you by ITG Next. Again, I'm your host, Phil Jones, and big thanks to the Houston Clinic for sponsoring our weekly podcast.
So we hope you enjoyed this week's Next Take Georgia podcast, brought to you by ITG Next Georgia and sponsored by the Houston Clinic. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone.